0: Good morning. I'm, I'm John Kaliski, a member of the Missions Board, and it's my great pleasure to introduce our guest preacher today. And I don't really need some introduction. Uh, Randy and Robin and their daughters were a part of our body for many years before God called them into missions, and it's just a pleasure to have Randy back with us to deliver God's word today. He's um, served around the world. is currently president of SIM USA, and we just rejoice in how God has worked through Randy and Robin's lives and. Look forward to hearing God's word. So thank you, Randy. So uh, this morning I was just thinking and uh, do the next right thing. It, was sort, it sort of becomes a Disney sermon today. Uh, but I, sh- I was just realizing during the interviews this morning and in my family's life how important uh, not having a vision for what we were going to do, but instead to respond to the next right thing. And I think George Rideout was a big piece of that. Uh, he invited us onto the mission board and the next right thing was to be on the mission board. And John Kaliski invited my wife to on a trip to Haiti. And that was the next right thing, was a trip to Haiti. And uh, just along the way, Westgate Church has been the environment where people help me and my wife hear what God is calling us to obey, and then just take the next step. And so uh, I just, I'm super thankful uh, for this family that we have here and the way that this family here has consistently uh, helped us to see the next right thing that we could obey. And when we doubt ourselves, and we do often, uh, we have the encouragement that there's people around us that don't doubt us, as much as we do. And so, uh, yeah, you guys have been a huge part of that. So last week, my friend Chris from SIM, he came and he spoke on this passage and he gave more or less a Western-style sermon. I spent 13 years in Central Asia and they don't do things the way we do here. It's a bit different. And I never realized how much of Westgate Church or any other church in America is cultural until I went on the other side of the culture. So the first thing we'll do is pray. And as we pray, there's a few things that I learned over there. One of them is you can never find one place in the Bible where it says somebody closed their eyes and prayed. You absolutely can find places in the Bible where it says people's eyes were open when they prayed. But somehow or another, for me, closing my eyes made sense. But the, uh, the Uyghur people... They say, hang on a second, we're in community here. Are we praying to God as a bunch of individuals or as a community? And what better expresses we're, in commu- we're isolated than shutting our eyes? So for them, when I shut my eyes and pray, it's kind of like I'm icing them out. So today we're praying with our eyes open. <laughs> the other thing they, they do is they say, when you get to the end of your prayer, you say, amen. Amen. And from their point of view, that means like you're done talking to God. And they, <laughs> they don't like it. So they put the amen at the beginning. It's kind of let's talk to God, and then there's, there's no end to it. And then the, the posture-wise, they'll hold their hands out like this. So this, this is arbitrary. It's not really anything. It's just the way they do it. It's the way you guys are doing it today. So the next right thing is to put your hands out like this. Amen. <laughs> Lord God, here we are. Here we are praying in community with our eyes open, and it's not comfortable for all of us. Some of us feel properly like our eyes should be closed or our hands should be crossed or our heads should be bowed, but we believe that you hear us in community. And we're asking that you'd protect us today from treating this time as a object lesson, and you'd give us eternal truth from your word. We thank you, Father, that our comfort is not a mandatory thing in order for us to hear you or you to hear us. So... It's in the name of Jesus that we're praying for you to hear, hear us speak and for you to speak to us. Yeah, and it's in this name that we pray. Now, this is the part where you go like this and you ponder whether or not you agree with that prayer. All right, so the next thing is uh, for a Uyghur Bible study you can't open your Bible. So I'm going to speak out the passage. I've memorized it. I'm going to speak it out one time, and you guys are going to memorize it while I speak it. And then one of you is going to volunteer to show that you memorized it by speaking it out to everyone else. So that's, that's the way we're going to roll now. So, uh, <laughs> so um, the particular part of the Bible that we're going to memorize today is in Matthew 28. And uh, there's one piece of background information that's important. Uh, Jerusalem is about three marathons distance to Galilee. So kind of, kind of three, you go 26 miles, and then you've still got two more sets of 26 miles to go. Uh, so three marathons distant. And so um, if, if you're going to your phone trying to, uh, secretly, uh, trying to secretly interact with the text, stop it. So uh, so. the story goes like this. The 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some of them, but some of them doubted. And Jesus came to them, and he said to them, all authority in heaven and in earth has been given to me. Therefore, make disciples of all nations. Going, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching obedience to everything I commanded. Look, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So that's the whole story for today. And now one of you guys is gonna volunteer to say the whole thing and nobody's gonna help you. And everything you mess up, everybody else is gonna notice and they'll never forget it. That's the way it works. So, now I need that volunteer. I truly haven't prepared someone, so this part I hope doesn't take a half hour. (laughs) We got one over here. That's all right, you don't have to. Everything you mess up is going to be a ministry to everyone else. Here here's a microphone. Oh, no, 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 no. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> <laughs> it starts with the eleven disciples preceded. Yes. Oh I believe. It. <laughs> <laughs> the eleven disciples, they um were there. And God came to them. Right. See, I'm Just say whatever you can remember. disciples
1: of all nations. Lo, I will be with you even unto the end of the earth.
0: All right. Thank you. Perfect. <laughs> all right. That was a great ministry, by the way, because the truth is while everybody else is listening, they're, they're saying, oh, if I was there, I'd get this. But if they, <laughs> uh, So uh, how many disciples are involved here? There's 11 disciples. And what's the first action they take? They proceed. The 11 disciples proceeded. Where did they go? They went to Galilee. Where in Galilee? To the mountain. Which mountain? The one that was appointed by Jesus. All right. So when they get there, what do they see? They saw, they, they, when they saw him, how did they respond? They worshipped. When they saw him, they worshipped him. And then some of them had another response but some of them doubted. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted, and then Jesus gave a fine three-point Western style sermon. I hope you caught it. <laughs> All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, point number two of the three-point sermon... Make disciples of all nations. Make disciples of all nations. As a good proper sermon would have, there's a three three subpoints to point number two. <laughs> going. <laughs> baptize. How? In what manner will they baptize? In the the Baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then the third point. What are we going to teach them? Teach it. Now, here's, the, here's a fine point, a finer point. Uh, many people, when they learn this, they say, teaching them everything I've commanded you. And there is a huge word missing teaching them obedience. Teaching obedience to everything I've commanded you. Okay, now we're back over to the main, main part of the sermon, right? The first part of the sermon was all authority. The second part was make disciples of all nations. And the third part of the main sermon was a, a promise I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. So that's the whole passage. Now let's focus in on the beginning section here. We're up, up until they get to the mountain. Tell me a decision that somebody made? One choice or one decision that somebody in that story made. Go to Galilee? Who was that? Go to Galilee. Who, so, the, so the disciples made the decision to go to Galilee. What alternative did they have? They could stay in Jerusalem, wait for more evidence. Now, some of them that went to Galilee were doubting, right? Why did they go to Galilee? Peer <laughs> <laughs> the doubters maybe went for peer pressure, positive peer pressure. What's it? So in the in the story, I don't we don't have to speculate why they went because in the story it tells us. Can you think of any reason in the story they went there? Jesus told them to. Jesus appointed that place. He told them to be there. So if we were going to summarize why they went, how would we say it was there? Obedience. Did someone say obedience or did I make that up? (laughs) I was sure hoping somebody would say that. Uh, Obedience. The reality is, um, regardless of the state of their heart, some combination of, Courage, faith, peer pressure, I don't know. But some combination of all these things caused these people to obediently go three marathons distance. Obedience. Any other decisions that were made and that, that are made clear in this first section of the story? Uh, let's see. Let's, let's, they did worship him, and that was a decision they made. I want to uh, I I just go a little bit before that. We'll come back to that one. But is there anybody else other than the disciples? Yes, sir. Endurance. So there was endurance and obedience. Is there anybody other than the disciples that made a decision in this first part of the story? What's that? Um, Jesus, yeah. yeah. I don't know if other people were given the instructions to go or not, so I'm not affirming that one because I'm processing. But, but I'm just not sure. But Jesus made a decision. What decision did he make? What's that? He met them. But before he met them, he 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 made. Somebody over here said, which mountain to go to? Jesus appointed a specific mountain, and he also commanded them to go. He made a choice to appoint a specific place that they were supposed to go to to get their next set of instructions. What alternative did he have? What could he have done different? What's that? He could have met them wherever. He could have said, hey, don't worry about it. When the right time has come, I'll meet you where you are and give you the instructions. But he made a choice that in order to get their next set of instructions, they had to have an act of obedience. So they couldn't even get their next command without an act of obedience to get there. That's kind of what he decided. All right, so then they get there and then they see him. And then, as you said, they made a choice to worship him. Now, some of these dudes are doubting and worshiping at the same time. So you have people that are doubting and making a choice to worship. Is that even appropriate? So it's okay if you have doubts to worship. I think it is too. (laughs) Okay, so when they saw him, they made a choice to worship him, but some of them doubted. And then what happens next? Jesus comes to them or they go to him? Jesus comes to them. So Jesus comes to them at at the place that he appointed for them to be, now, when he comes to them, he's faced with two kinds of people. If we're going to characterize two kinds of people here, we have disciples that doubt and disciples that don't doubt, right? How many, how many of the disciples doubted? Well, we got some math to work on here. There's a range of possibilities. So what is the range of possibilities for the number of doubt, disciples that doubted? It can't be one because it said some of them. Well, So it was two or more, but it can't be 11, right? It might have been two, and it might have been... Two. I'm a math guy, so I have to pull that out. Anyway, somewhere between two and ten disciples doubted. And then Jesus comes to them, and he chooses to address the whole group, the doubters and the non-doubters, uh, with his three-point sermon. What alternative did he have there? What was that? He could tell them Yeah, I mean he could separate them out, right? He's got the special doubting disciple discipleship group, and then he's got the special he's got the special non doubting dis- I mean he's sending out doubting disciples. He's commissioning is that really what kind of disciples are they gonna make? If you send a doubting disciple to make disciples, what are you likely to get? I mean, do we really need any of those? Okay, so this Jesus, he makes a choice. What would be the impact if Jesus would have made that choice to separate them out? How would that affect the doubting disciples? They'd feel rejected. They might doubt more. They might feel how might, it, how might it affect the non-doubting disciples. It's like, "Oh, I got this. I'm the man. You guys, you guys go for your training. I am fully qualified for this going to make disciples thing." He didn't do that though. He kept them together. Now um, he gives them, the first thing he gives them is a statement of fact. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to him. The second thing he gives them is a command. Make disciples of all nations. Let me ask you, when he told them to make disciples of all nations, what do you think his realistic expectations were? Oh, doggone it. (laughs) This kind of thing is so fun, it can go on for three hours. Um, (laughs) I have to leave leave myself a, a reminder to finish. Uh, these, the thing is, Jesus, I don't believe that he actually expected that those 11 disciples were personally going to make it to every nation. But I do think he expected them to demonstrate that they cared about what he cared about through their actions. I think that's the same thing he's calling all of us to. So I just want to make sure. First point, all authority belongs to Jesus. Second point, make disciples of all nations, going, baptizing, teaching. Third point, I'm with you always. It's a promise, even to the end of the age. The fact that you're a doubting disciple doesn't hinder Jesus' ability to go make great disciples because actually he's the one that's doing it with you. He's not leaving you alone. So finally, I want to tie together the interviews they had this morning and my story with these disciples' stories with your story. The the truth is, I don't even think, I don't think these disciples understood how this was all going to play out. I think the only thing they could do is the next right thing, which it was clear that the next right thing was to walk three marathons distance. They did that next right thing. All of these people that you were asking this morning on this video call, uh, tell us about your call to mission, it can all be summed up like this. We just kept doing the next right thing. There was just one more next right thing. And here I am in Central Asia for 13 years learning two new languages. Uh, But it was just one next right thing and one next right thing. And that's what I would encourage you to, encourage each other by asking each other to do one more thing. And I would encourage you to respond by being obedient to the next right thing. And so I'm gonna challenge you for the next three minutes with what might be the next right thing for you. So I'm just gonna shamelessly say, here's what I want the next right thing to be for you. Um, at SIMUSA, USA, we're trying to raise up an army of prayer warriors that will dedicate one minute every day to praying for people that think they might be called. So we have these people that contact SIMUSA USA that don't yet have a prayer support team like me and Robin. And these people contact us and they say, we think maybe God's calling us to mission. And then we type in a quick message that expresses a little bit of their life story and how God's calling them. And then we send that text out at 9.38 every morning. You can also do email. And when that comes out, people pray. And I almost feel sorry for these people. How can they resist the call of God? So anyway pull out your feel free now to pull out your cell phone uh, because the video is going to give you a case for call to action and then after this i'll come back up and pray we begin tonight with the monster hurricane we're seeing some of the worst political violence yemen is at risk of the worst famine these guns are firing now about 15 20 miles up the road towards the cambodian border
1: And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. These are the people He has called us to go to, more than three billion still unreached by the gospel. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. This is a world crying out for restoration, for justice and mercy to comfort all who mourn, and provide for those who grieve in Zion. A world crying out for Jesus Christ. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. For as the soil makes the sprout come up, and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the Sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into His harvest field.
0: So, if your question is, Randy, how can I pray for you? The answer is one minute per day. Amen. Here we are with our eyes open again. Father, uh, I thank you for this community of brothers and sisters that love you enough to enter into this insanity. Uh, we we really admire and worship your son Jesus i speak for myself that some days i do that in doubt and some days i do that naturally <laughs> i'm really thankful that you love me, that you love these friends, that you're willing to call even us to do the next right thing, to see that there's disciples in every nation. In Jesus' great name I pray. He is truly with you, always, even to the end of the age.